This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. Our sermon series is called Hope for the Holidays, and we've been looking at this idea of hope that's prevalent this time of year. It's hope that's, that's present all the time, but when we come to Christmas time, hope seems to be at the forefront of our hearts and minds. And I'm, I'm glad for that. As we've been talking over the last couple of weeks, we, we began talking about different aspects of hope that we see in the lives of people surrounding Jesus through the story of his birth. The first week we talked about the hope that Mary found in the anticipation of what was coming, Jesus being born to her. Last week we talked about John the Baptist and the idea of, of purpose and living in our purpose pointing us to the future and the hope that we have in the, the calling of what God is, is pointing us to with our lives. Today, we're going to talk about a different aspect of hope. It's a hope that meets us in despair. And that's, a, that's a pretty meaningful time to find hope. We're going to talk through that story today as we look at Joseph's experience through the birth of Jesus, how he was present and yet had to come to a place of acceptance in and of himself. But first, I want to talk just a little bit about despair. We, we probably each of us have experienced despair on some level in our lives. Most acutely, I think we find despair in our early years when, when little things are, are a big deal, when we're driven by those emotions. Maybe you look, think back in your history to the, those first moments of despair when you were, were a, 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 just a little one and you were bound by the rules of your parents and they very clearly set out boundaries and instructions wanting you to be honest and Follow what it is they called for you. Can you remember those, those moments when you disobeyed, when you, you lied to your parents hoping to get away with something, and they had to come up and correct you, and you felt the weight of the consequences of that correction, and those, those overwhelming moments of despair as a toddler, knowing that you had disappointed mom and dad, hoping to rebuild that relationship, hoping to, to find a place to get back in their good graces. We feel despair very, very keenly in those, in those early years. I remember... The, the despair of, of sitting at the dinner table with a plate full of vegetables, peas, and, and hearing from my parents, you, you can't get up until you finish all of your vegetables. And just overwhelmed with the despair of being stuck with this giant plate of stuff that I didn't want to eat. Maybe, maybe you're thinking more in your teenage years and the despair that comes when you have a crush on someone and you build up the courage to go and speak to them about your feelings and they look you in the eye and say, oh, I, I really don't feel the same way about you. I'd really, I'd really like to just be friends. And the despair you feel of the, the humiliation of having poured your, your feelings out in front of someone else just to have them swept away like they didn't even matter. Or worse yet, when you approach the person you had a crush on, thinking about all the time that you, you liked them. Maybe you didn't have the courage to walk up and talk to them face to face, and in that time of waiting, they started dating your best friend. And then not only are you brokenhearted, but you're also worried about not being able to be friends with your best friend anymore because you don't know how things will work out. Maybe you felt the despair of failure in terms of your schoolwork. I remember when I was a teenager, we had summer reading to do, novels to read, and essays to write during the summer of all times. Why would they do that? It still doesn't make any sense to me. And I, I, my personality, I'm a bit of a procrastinator, and so I had the stack of books I was supposed to be reading and writing essays on, but every time I looked at them, all I could think about was all the other things that were more fun to do in the summer. Why would I start reading these books when I've got so many other things to do? And so I would set them aside so that I could relax and enjoy myself. 
Now, my wife is the exact opposite of me. If she has some big project to do, some something that needs done weighing on her, she will get it done first before she tries to relax. She can't unwind, knowing that there's this stack of things waiting for her. She can't get it out of her mind. I, on the other hand, am happy to relax and put those things off for another day. The problem I faced in high school was I very often misjudged when that other day should come, and I put them off a little bit too long. And I felt those moments of despair as the school year was approaching, knowing I didn't have enough time to read all of the books I had to read and write essays on all of them and turn them in in time. And so I was faced with a dilemma because I still was very competitive, driven by this desire to do well. Do I turn things in late and get a deduction on my grade, or do I stay up all night and turn in inferior work? Hmm. That's, that's a despairing moment, the, the weight of that agony. You know the feeling when, when you, you've made a certain decision that's going all wrong and your heart drops into your stomach, and you just feel that weight, that tension of despair, knowing that there's no good option for you. All of, all of the solutions that you can see are bad. That's the place that we want to talk about hope today, a hope that meets us in those dark difficult moments when we're overwhelmed with that uncomfortable feeling that there isn't a good way out of the situation we find ourselves in. That's, that's where we're going to find Joseph today as we begin reading the book of Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. If you have a Bible and you want to open with me, please do so. We'll read along together. The words will be on the screen behind me uh, along with the points of the sermon. If you have a phone or tablet and you want to use the YouVersion app, you can search under events for Parkview Finley and find scripture and sermon notes within the YouVersion app that go along with our sermon today. Let's start together in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. That's a difficult spot. What we find is that despair finds us in the darkest moments of life. This is a dark moment for Joseph. He was confronted with the truth that his bride-to-be, this, this girl that he was engaged to, was pregnant. Now, engagements at, at this time within this culture were much more binding than engagements today. It wasn't something that you could agree to and then back out of later if things didn't feel right. An, an engagement was very much like the early steps of marriage. They would have called each other husband and wife as they were engaged, not my fiance. They would refer to each other as already married, even though they were living apart, not yet a part of the same household, not yet enjoying the full measure of marriage, yet they still would have considered themselves committed, absolutely. And breaking an engagement is not just a matter of giving back a ring and saying goodbye. It would require a divorce. This is a very very difficult situation for Joseph to be committed and to find out Mary was pregnant with a child that wasn't his. Now, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit, but we don't have any specifics in Scripture about how all this unfolded. I would love to know the details. Did Mary, after hearing a message from an angel, come and talk to Joseph about what happened? You'll never believe what God is calling you to. I don't think so. In the book of Luke, we find that after she heard from the angel, she immediately went to visit her relative, Elizabeth, and spent time with her. 
So how did Joseph find out? Did he hear from relatives? Did Mary, after a little while, come and say, ah, I really need to explain some things to you. She, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. It means probably there were some symptoms of pregnancy that were telling, that, that were unavoidable. You woke up in the morning getting sick with no other explanation. Hmm. Starting to, starting to show a little bit. She's carrying a child. And, and Joseph found out she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And the only proof of how it happened was her explanation of this angel's message that came to her, this vision, this calling from God to be the mother of God in the flesh. Can you imagine the emotions that Joseph would have been going through in that moment of revelation? The fear and uncertainty of what this would mean for them. The hurt and betrayal of having been so committed to this young woman only to find out that she's pregnant. Maybe even anger. It's a reasonable emotion to have in a situation like this. He might have been anger, angry with Mary about the way things were unfolding. Maybe he was angry with God for intervening in, in his life in a way that he wasn't expecting, for, for destroying his picture of what life would be like in the future as he and Mary came together, as they started their own family, as he, he established his carpentry shop, and they, they, they engaged in life together, and his, his perfect picture of probably not a little white picket fence, but you know whatever, whatever kind of, of home and yard they would have had in this place at this time, his, his, his image of perfection was shattered. Maybe he was feeling bitter. I have a feeling he was feeling those pangs of despair. Even if he believed Mary that this was a child of the Holy Spirit, the Messiah who was to come, this kind of situation would have placed him and her and the baby in a very difficult social situation, very difficult place in their standing in society as people would have wondered about how she was already pregnant. Well, that's not supposed to happen yet. Is this Joseph's baby? Is this not Joseph's baby? They would have placed them on the outside. We consider all that Joseph went through. We begin to understand the, the difficulty of the situation. We recognize how hard it would have been for him to recover from the news that he received. How, how hard it would be for him to, to choose how to proceed forward. What Joseph experienced is representative of the, of the despair that emerges in the darkest, most difficult moments of life. While we may not be able to fully understand and comprehend what it was that Joseph was facing. We have each had our own experiences with despair. We've each felt those things in different ways. And while we know what it was like to despair as a child, the, the, those dark moments in our world today are not a product of our imagination of making a mountain out of a molehill. The, when we face difficult moments in our adult lives, the despair that we feel is a very real emotion as we are faced with difficulty, as we are surrounded by, by circumstances that we can't imagine how to overcome. Maybe you've felt that despair in a time of loss when a loved one has passed away and you can't begin to imagine what life will be like, how you'll proceed. 
of how you'll begin to feel things again. And the world will make sense without this person who has always been present. Despair comes upon us when we, we feel those moments of, of extreme emotion, when we recognize that we've completely and utterly failed at what we were hoping to be successful at. Or maybe you've had a, a project that was due, a promotion that you were hoping for, a job opportunity, and instead of succeeding in, in your dreams, you, you were, your work was met with failure, and you felt the overwhelming hopelessness of recognizing that failure. Despair is the, is the feeling that comes when you, you recognize that because of your actions, because maybe your lack of action, that you have disappointed and let down the people that you care about most. Despair is represented in the despondency that comes from realizing that your decisions have brought you to a place where there are now no longer any good options. Everywhere you look is a, a bad decision that you are forced to make. Sometimes despair comes from sudden difficulty, sudden opposition in life. Maybe a person that you once trusted implicitly betrays your trust and destroys your relationship with them. Maybe there's a sudden change in your workplace, in the situation where you work, in the benefits that you have, in the framework of the job, and suddenly you're forced to choose to make a decision that you don't want to make or to lose your job and you feel the overwhelming feeling of despair, not sure what the best course of action should be. Maybe it's a recurring problem in your life that you can't seem to overcome on your own, and you recognize this feeling of despair. When we face those dark and difficult moments in life, it can be incredibly difficult for us to find a solution, especially when we're searching on our own for an answer to the problem that we face. Joseph's solution to his problem, to, to this news that he received, was to respond with logic, to carefully evaluate the situation he was faced with, to think actually with a lot of consideration about, about the best bad decision that he would have to make. He was an upright man, faithful to God's law. He didn't want to violate God's law. He wanted to care for Mary, and yet couldn't imagine how to move forward with their marriage. He had no good options. He could resolve the situation the way he planned, to very quietly divorce, very privately divorce Mary. But even that wouldn't resolve the consequences of what was taking place. She would be at the mercy of her family. She and this child that would be born would, would be dependent upon them. She would have to suffer the, the gossip of the people in the village around her. Jesus would be raised as a fatherless child among the people who value paternal heritage. The other option for Joseph is much worse, to, to very publicly divorce Mary, to bring charges of adultery against her in this culture at this time might even have meant her death. So what was he to do? He evaluated, came up with the best possible solution the only thing he could think that would make sense, to save Mary from public disgrace, to care for her as much as he could as he ended their engagement. He came up with his best possible solution, but his solution fell short of what God had in mind for him, what God had in mind for Mary. 
what God had in mind for their family as they would begin to raise Jesus as their son. Joseph's plan was just a shadow of what God intended for them, of his purpose for their lives. It reminds us of just how perfect God's plan is for us. If only we could see it. The problem is in these moments of despair, what we are faced with is the mountains of difficulty. And we're overwhelmed by what we are facing, so much so that we can't accurately see from God's perspective. We can't accurately see the situation for what it is. And so all we can see are the difficulties and the bad choices that we have to make. But if we could look to God and find his perspective, it would provide some great clarity, some real truth to the environment we find ourselves in. As we move on to verse 20, that's what Joseph found out. After he had considered this, his solution to the problem, after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Joseph, what he found in the message from the angel was the hope that he needed in this moment of despair. This hope that came from God's plan for his life, for Mary's life, for their family together as they move forward. That's what God's plan does. It brings hope that answers our despair. As the angel talked to Joseph, hope is evident in the message. First, the angel dispelled Joseph's fear, saying, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. It's so reassuring to me to, to understand that God sees our fears. He understands our fears, and he meets us in them to help us move through them to reassure us in those dark and difficult moments. The angel dispelled his fear and offered Joseph a reason to let those fears go. Mary had not been unfaithful. This truly was the work of the Holy Spirit, confirming what Mary had said about the, the message she received from the angel, confirming what Mary said about the condition that she was in, pregnant with this child. This was not an act of unfaithfulness. This was a child of God that would be born, the Messiah, Savior of the world. This child would fulfill a greater purpose than any other child who was God in the flesh, Savior, who would save his people from their sins, Messiah, God in the flesh, God with us. God's plan for Joseph was a much better plan than what Joseph had thought upon his own. Joseph's plan was logical. It made sense with the information that he had, but it was the product of his fear and despair, his plan to divorce Mary quietly, leave her and Jesus at the, the mercy of her family. Sure, it made sense, but was it the best solution? It would still leave Joseph without a wife. It would still leave Mary without a husband and a baby without a father. God's plan addressed and resolved Joseph's fear and his despair. God's plan was rooted in truth, and it directed them as a family according to God's will. Joseph would become the father of Jesus on earth. He would be present to lead him, to guide him, to encourage Jesus as he lived according to these titles that had already been given to him, Emmanuel, Savior. And when we find ourselves in these moments of despair, we often respond in the way Joseph did. 
That's one option that we have. To, to evaluate our situation, to think logically about, about the, the difficulties that we're facing. To assess the best course of action and to move forward with that. We imagine the implications of our situation, make assumptions about how people will respond and react. We, we assume the consequences that are going to come, and we try and mitigate those consequences. We try and make the best choices that we can, even though most of them seem like poor choices. And we use logic to chart out the path that will produce the least amount of difficulty for everyone involved. That's one way to handle the, the moments of despair in life. Another way that we sometimes respond to these dark and difficult moments of life is, is emotionally. And when we find ourselves facing overwhelming difficulty, we react emotionally. Sometimes we overreact emotionally. And instead of choosing one of the difficult options we have, we make matters worse in those emotional responses, harming the people around us, digging ourselves deeper into the pit that we've found ourselves in. Well, there's another option that we have when we find ourselves confronted with despair. When we can't see a positive outcome, we have an opportunity to turn to God. And surrender our situation to him. And when we do that, we find in him a hope that answers our despair. We find in him truth that confronts our assumptions. That breaks down the box that we've, we've built around our situation. It shows us that, that the, the courses of action that we see in the face of all our difficulty are not the only options that we have. And if we could gain his perspective and look down on our situation, we would see that there are other options for us to choose. God's plan resolves the logic of our best laid plans. As we focus on the limited number of choices that we have, Before we step forward, we should first turn to God and seek his will and his way. Because only God knows exactly what it is that we're facing. Only God can see with such perfect clarity and reality the situation that we're in. Only God knows the full potential that he's placed inside of us. Only God knows the plans that he has for our future. And when we surrender our situation to him and follow where he's leading, we trust the plan that he places in front of us, we discover alternatives. We discover hope. We discover who it is that God's calling us to become. Joseph did just that as we continue reading verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph had a difficult decision to make. And he chose to turn to God and trust God's plan. He heard a message from an angel. And he had to make his own decision about what to do. And when we find ourselves in those difficult positions, we have to do the very same thing. We turn to God and choose to trust his plan. Now, the plan that God had for Joseph, for Mary, and for Jesus was a plan for their future a plan that was very different than they would have imagined. A plan that surpassed anything they could have imagined. A plan that was so much more perfect, more significant, more dynamic than their, their best hopes for what their family would ever have looked like. Joseph was given this opportunity to choose what course of action he would take. And he chose to turn to God and trust his plan. 
follow the advice that was given to him by the angel, to become Mary's husband, to take his place as the father who would raise Jesus. And with that choice, he accepted his responsibility. He expected, he accepted everything that went with that decision. And he was careful to protect Mary and Jesus from future questions about the origin of Jesus' birth, about his identity as Messiah, as the Son of God. And even though he took Mary home as his wife, he chose not to be intimate with her until after she gave birth to Jesus, so that the prophecy about Jesus would be fulfilled, so that there would never be a doubt about where Jesus came from. That couldn't have been an easy decision to make. It would have required him to sacrifice as he surrendered to God's plan. To choose a difficult path and trust that what God had planned for their family would be worth his obedience, worth his sacrifice. What we find when we turn to God and trust his plan, that God always points us to what's right. Not just doing what's right, but doing what's right in the right way. But following the right path to get to the place where he's calling us. And what we find when we turn to God and trust his plan is that that path is rarely an easy one. When we follow God toward what is right, that path is a difficult journey. It requires responsibility. It requires us to accept the consequences. It calls us to honor him and to honor those around us. No matter what that means, no matter what sacrifices we have to make, no matter what what difficult steps we have to take, as we follow God's plan, we accept everything that goes with us. And we discover that there's purpose to the difficulty that we face. We discover that in him, there is a significance, even when we're facing difficulty, even when we're feeling the overwhelming weight of despair, that God is working in us to develop us into who he needs us to be. He is working in us to help us make difficult decisions, to follow his will and his way, to point our lives in the direction that he's calling us to go. When despair overwhelms us, we find hope in the Lord. When we look to him in the darkest moments of our lives, he shines light into that darkness. When we find ourselves at rock bottom, at the bottom of a pit that we can't find a way out of, and we look to God in those dark moments, he lifts our eyes and shows us that the only way out is up. When we follow his plan. This is a place where many people turn to God. When they they find themselves despairing, when they find themselves in overwhelming circumstances, they're suddenly open to God in a way they've never been before. They're suddenly vulnerable because they're looking for help. They're looking for hope outside of themselves. They're looking for a strength that they don't have. They're looking for a peace that they can't find. They're looking for solution that hasn't presented itself to them, and they are searching and open to God like they've never been before. And many of us have turned to God in these difficult moments, and we see the value of what God offers to us. Through faith. It's the hope that we can't find on our own. The problem with that decision is that when we wait until those deep, dark moments, when we wait until we are at the bottom of a pit of despair, the path that we take to follow God's way is a long and difficult journey where we have to overcome consequences, where we have to live down responsibility, where we have to work our way out of the pit with his help. And it's a long journey. What would happen, do you think, 
If instead of waiting until we are utterly hopeless to turn to God, that we would instead choose to turn toward him and accept his will for our lives here and now. Instead of waiting until we were in the, the, the darkness of despair, that we would turn to him right now and seek out his will for our lives. Instead of waiting until we're at the bottom of a pit, that we would on level ground say, God, I'm yours. I surrender my life to you. And I want to know what it is that you're calling me to. What plan you have for me. What purpose you have for my life. Where could God take us? Where would God take us if instead of waiting until these dark moments of life, we surrendered all of who we are to him? Those are the decisions that we face in relationship to God. And those are the decisions I want to call you to this morning as we conclude this sermon. That you would find hope in him. That we would find value and purpose in his plan for your life. And you would choose to make those decisions here and now. Maybe you're in a moment of despair. And you've been up late at night wondering how to resolve the difficulty that you find yourself in. I want to invite you to turn to God. To seek the hope that he has for you. The plan that he has for your life. Follow where it leads you. But for each of us, I also want to challenge you with this thought. That you would instead choose right now to surrender your whole life to the Lord. That you would prayerfully consider who it is that he's calling you to be. And where he's calling you to go. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you would understand your need for forgiveness. Repent of your sins. Be baptized in his name. and Accept him as your Lord and Savior. If you're already a Christian, that you would make those difficult choices of giving up the things that you're chasing after, giving up the things that are holding you back from completely surrendering your life to him and choose instead to give your whole life to him, to surrender to his will and to his way and to follow where he leads you, no matter what that means for you.